Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we are waking up and taking notice that we're in charge of hope. No longer will we resign to hopelessness or a feeling of powerlessness. No longer will we get swept away with all that is wrong, forgetting that we play a part in our own happiness and hope, a big part. We can choose to see the light or be consumed with darkness. We can buy into what we see or spend our time visualizing what we want to see. When you meditate, calm yourself, and take a breather, what do you think about? Do you replay all that you've heard spinning in a loop of fear? Or do you think of solutions? What drives you to problem solving? I can't stand to be stuck. That's it. Whether it's in a bad mood, financially behind, or that feeling of powerlessness. I take a moment to acknowledge it, and then I say, well, there we are. Now what? When my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's and facing a long road ahead, he told me, we're heading to the doctor to see what we're dealing with here. I love that attitude. Life is full of challenges and setbacks, but it's also full of victory and joy. You have to see what you're dealing with and find the opportunities, even if initially hard to see, to instill hope. Dr. Karen Hall gets us started with Finding Hope, found at psychologytoday.com. In 1965, Martin Seligman discovered learned helplessness. He found that when animals are subjected to difficult situations they cannot control, they stop trying to escape. They become passive. Human beings are the same. If you experience devastating defeats, a persistent situation that you can't change, or a terrifying event that you can't control, then you may have lost hope for your ability to change your life or to change painful situations. Sometimes an ongoing mood disorder can lead to feelings of hopelessness. Apathy or hopelessness may be puzzling to those around you. Why wouldn't you try to get a job, make friends, eat healthier, or leave someone who is abusive? When you have no hope, you see any efforts to change your life as futile. You may blame yourself. You might say that you can't manage life, can't make friends, and can't succeed in getting a job. You accept whatever happens as beyond your control. You may begin to despair. When you don't have hope, you have no energy or motivation for therapy or for any effort to change your situation. What's the use in reaching out to meet people? You're sure you'll be rejected. Why bother exercising or cleaning your home or volunteering? It won't really make a difference. You know you'll always be lonely, depressed, anxious, unemployed, or stuck in the same situation that's making you miserable. You don't want to risk the pain of further disappointment by even trying. Unfortunately, this painful despair and resignation set up a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you have no hope, no belief in therapy, or that any action you take will make any difference, then that may well be the outcome. 
Change is very difficult. It has multiple ups and downs and requires motivation and commitment. But here's how. Number one, find a clear path. Being able to see how the steps you're taking will lead you to the desired change is critical to having hope. If you don't logically see how what you're doing can have a positive result, then carrying out that plan will likely be difficult. Write down each step that you need to take to get where you want to be. If someone else is working with you, then push them to explain how the steps lead to the results you want. Number two, look for role models who have found solutions. There are many, many people who have overcome tremendous adversity. Reading their stories and surrounding yourself with supportive messages and people can help you build hope. Number three, do what you know you can do. When you're in despair, taking one step that is out of your routine can break the sense of powerlessness you have. Make your bed, cook dinner, talk to a friend. Take a step you know you can do, and that action can make a difference over time. Keep doing it, and then try to add more actions. Overcoming the inertia of helplessness can help you build hope. Number four, perform an act of kindness. Doing acts of kindness can have a dramatic effect on your mood and outlook. Kindness triggers the release of serotonin, so it has an antidepressant effect. It also calms stress and helps reduce pain. Small acts of kindness that you do repeatedly can help you feel more connected and have a greater sense of contribution. Notice that doing acts of kindness repeatedly is important. Do acts of kindness daily. Even watching others perform acts of kindness can have a positive effect. Notice your judgments, the thoughts that pass through your head stating that nothing will work for you or that performing acts of kindness is a useless idea. Let those thoughts pass through and try not to control your behavior. Your lack of hope may lead you to think that these ideas won't help you. Part of kindness is to stop judging yourself and to be kind to yourself as well. How would you treat someone else who is in your situation? Practice thinking of yourself with compassion. Number five, turn to your faith. Your faith can be a strong ally in holding on to hope. Sometimes your faith offers the support of not being alone and trusting that a higher power is with you. If you're questioning your beliefs, then talk with someone in your faith whom you respect. Others have encountered difficult times and they will understand. Voicing your questions is a step towards resolving your confusion and also a step toward hope. Number six, practice mindfulness while doing acts of kindness and in your everyday life. Your thoughts may naturally wander to the past and focus on events that didn't work out or other situations that were painful. That will often add to your depression and hopelessness. When you're depressed, you have a difficulty seeing any positive events or remembering that you were ever even happy. When you focus your attention on the here and now, you're able to find more peace and less stress. 
It's so easy to get overwhelmed these days. I like to say these days because of all the multitasking we do. Not just laundry and taking care of the kids, but real mind-splitting multitasking. Do you know what I mean? No? Well, you may not even notice it, but if you were to sit back and watch yourself like a fly on the wall, you'd be shocked. Fingers flying, each tab containing content, big concepts mixed with mindless chatter, notification, bing, notification, bing, phone ringing, interruption, interruption. It doesn't take long until you're throwing up your hands and needing a timeout. In the midst of the chaos, something is wrong. No, everything is wrong. Now I need more than just a timeout. Let's take a moment and harness ourselves up for the climb as we work on gaining a better vantage point. (sighs) From up here, things look a little less critical and much more manageable. Now, where should I start? Let's take a minute and learn a little more about Learned Optimism by Martin Seligman. Imagine you take two dogs and put them in two different areas. You shock the first dog, and you give him an option to escape. He tries to escape, he's successful, and he gets away from the shocks. The second dog, however, you put in a place where no matter what he does, he cannot escape the shocks. He soon figures out that there's nothing he can do, he gives up, and he'll just sit there and accept the shocks. Now you take these two dogs and put them in two new areas again, but this time they can both escape. The first dog who had learned that he was able to escape will get out of there like usual. But the second dog will just lay there and accept the shocks, even though in this new environment, he could just escape. This is what is known as learned helplessness. And you probably know people who act like the helpless dog. The opposite of this is learned optimism. Learned optimism is basically the idea that you can learn to be optimistic and positive and happy. You can cultivate these things. And this is exactly what Seligman was trying to do by running a workshop. The results of the workshop were promising. 32% of the students in the control group had a moderate to severe episode of depression in contrast to 22% of the group that was in the workshop. Also, 15% of the controls had an episode of generalized anxiety disorder versus only 7% of people who took the workshop. They also found that it was the change from pessimism to optimism that caused the prevention of depression and anxiety. And these studies are great, but even when I look at my own life, happiness, positivity, optimism, these are the things that I've had to learn and that I have to keep cultivating. When I was a kid, I hated my life. I was constantly depressed and anxious. I had suicidal thoughts for the majority of my childhood, but that's all gone now and my life just keeps getting better. But this is something that you need to put effort into. This is something that can be learned. So now let's look at the benefits of optimism. Optimists on average achieve more, have better overall health, and just lead a more enjoyable life. Pessimists, on the other hand, are more likely to give up, are more likely to suffer from depression, and just lead a not really enjoyable life. And the big difference between pessimists and optimists comes from their explanatory styles about whether things are permanent, pervasive, and personal. So let's say you walk up to a girl and you just get humiliated and rejected. If you're a pessimist, you'll think that it's permanent. I'll never be able to attract a girl. If you're an optimist, you'll think that it isn't permanent. There are going to be plenty of girls who like me. If you're a pessimist, you'll think that it's pervasive. 
I'm just not an interesting person. If you're an optimist, you'll think that it isn't pervasive. It was just one isolated situation. It doesn't mean that I'm not interesting. If you're a pessimist, you'll think that it's personal. I'm ugly. Of course she's going to humiliate me. If you're an optimist, you'll think that it isn't personal. Well, she might have been in a bad mood. And I've seen this so many times. If you have a pessimistic explanatory style, you're going to have your soul crushed. Every single friend I've had who was good with women always had an optimistic explanatory style. So optimism is much more helpful to you than pessimism, but you also need balance. Just like with everything else, you need balance. Otherwise, you can get really delusional and actually end up hurting yourself. Imagine if you have a really bad business idea and you're just a naive optimist. The business isn't going anywhere, but you say, well, this isn't permanent. And you keep wasting resources on a stupid idea. You've put in six months already and it hasn't gone anywhere and you say, well, it's just this part of the project that's slow, but the project as a whole is amazing. Or you try to get support and no one wants to go along with your terrible idea and you say, well, they were probably just in a bad mood today. I don't know if I would call this person an optimist or just an idiot. The biggest problem with optimism is when it's not balanced because you might end up not taking responsibility when you need to. So I would absolutely recommend being optimistic, but at the same time balancing it out with pessimism. Or not even pessimism in my opinion, but just simply realism. Over at Hope Grows, I found a little more information about the importance of hope. To have hope is to want an outcome that makes your life better in some way. It not only can make a tough present situation more bearable, but also can eventually improve our lives because envisioning a better future motivates you to take the steps to make it happen. Whether we think about it or not, hope is a part of everyone's life. Everyone hopes for something. It's an inherent part of being a human being. Hope helps us define what we want in our futures and is part of the self-narrative about our lives we all have running inside our minds. The definition of hope can differ depending on the person doing the talking. When people speak about hope in a spiritual context, it might mean believing good things will happen with faith in a higher power. They might direct their hope outward in prayer. Hope is believing in something you can't prove. For others, it might mean always looking on the bright side and seeing challenges as opportunities. In other words, always hoping for the best. The dictionary makes hope seem close to wish, to cherish a desire with anticipation, to want something to happen or to be true. Whatever the details, hope in general means a desire for things to change for the better. Hope is not the same as optimism. An optimistic generally is more hopeful than others. On the other hand, the most pessimistic person you ever meet can still be hopeful about something. Most people associate hope with a dire situation. People hope to get out of difficult circumstances. That is often when people do find themselves hoping fervently. But hope also can provide the key to making everyday life better. That's because just envisioning something hopeful, the child seeing herself riding her new bike, for example, gives a person a moment of happiness, according to psychology today. It can make present difficulties much easier to bear. An example of that is reported by the American Psychology Association. 
Children who grew up in poverty but had success later in life all had one thing in common, hope. Dr. Valerie Malholmes, who worked on the research, said hope involves planning and motivation and determination to get what one hopes for. In a way, having hope links your past and present to the future. You have a vision for what you hope will happen. Whether it does or not, just envisioning it can make you feel better. And if it's something you can somewhat control, like the kids working to get out of poverty, then hope can motivate you to take whatever steps you need to take. Dr. Neil Burton, a book author who writes about emotions, writes that he always asks patients for what they hope for. Because if they say nothing, then that's a sign of depression or worse. Having hope is important to the very act of being human. This comes from Dr. Judith Rich. She writes, hope is a match in a dark tunnel, a moment of light, just enough to reveal the path ahead and ultimately the way out. Encouragementology is the power of instilling hope. That tagline came to me when I realized instilling hope through encouragement was just about the simplest path forward. Really, don't wait for some earth-shattering revelation. Simply encourage someone. Connect and listen to them. Offer a word of hope. I know you can do it. I believe in you. You have what it takes. This is your moment. You're going to see it through. You can change someone's daily trajectory with a word of encouragement. Nope, let's change that to two people because the rewards you receive from instilling hope in someone else are hard to measure. Jesse over at trackinghappiness.com gives us four strategies to find hope in a hopeless situation. Feeling hopeless is a common experience that many people at one point or another will feel. Sometimes it can be difficult to find hope when you experience hardship or a traumatic event. During times of hopelessness, it may feel impossible to be optimistic about the future. However, finding the strength to find hope is crucial to maintaining your well-being and moving forward with your life. Thankfully, there are things you can do to battle the feeling of hopelessness and make life feel a bit more manageable. When we have hope, it means we want an outcome to happen that will improve life in some way. Finding hope can make you feel less helpless and more optimistic about the future, which can make a difficult situation feel a bit more bearable. Finding hope may signify different things to different people, depending on one's perspective. But finding hope requires resilience. It's accepting that the current situation is difficult, but recognizing that it will not always be this way and that you have the strength within you to overcome. When we're not able to find hope, it can be detrimental to our mental and physical health. Feeling hopeless can leave you feeling stuck, anxious, and depressed. It makes you feel like life won't get better and that it lacks purpose and meaning. That's why finding hope is so important. It gives us faith, strength, and a sense of purpose. According to research, hope is a powerful predictor of positive emotions. 
Another study confirms this, finding a link between hope and lower levels of anxiety and stress. When you have hope, you may feel reduced stress and anxiety because you believe things will work out in the end or change in a way that positively impacts your life. You may feel more equipped to take actionable steps towards your goals because you already believe the change is possible. Finding hope is also important when it comes to coping with difficult situations. Experts say that people who have a high level of hope tend to perceive obstacles as more manageable and less stressful and can quickly recover and adapt to adversity. Another study found more adaptive coping strategies like problem solving and proactive coping are linked to higher levels of hope. It also has an inverse relationship with maladaptive coping techniques like denial and detachment. Hope has been linked to a variety of physical health benefits, including healthier immune systems, a better prognosis for chronic illness, and a reduction in pain, according to research. Studies also associated hope with an 11 to 15% longer lifespan, with hopeful people being more likely to live to the age of 85 and beyond. As if you need any more reason to be hopeful, hopeful people may see their lives as more purposeful and meaningful and therefore engage in healthy activities that contribute to stronger, healthy outcomes. Studies have found that people with higher hopes engage in superior health behaviors, like eating a healthy diet, exercising, less likely to smoke or drink excessively, which all contribute to stronger, healthy outcomes over time. When you're experiencing hopelessness, life can seem bleak. Thankfully, no matter how bad things appear at the moment, there are some things you can do to make life a little better and find hope for the future. Number one, turn to your support system. Family, friends, or even mental health professionals can help you get through times of hopelessness. Sometimes when people go through difficult circumstances, their instinct may be to withdraw or isolate themselves from support. It may feel like being alone is what you really need, but ultimately, it will leave you feeling more lonely, scared, and hopeless. A little alone time is okay, but if you find yourself withdrawing completely from friends and family, that may be an issue. Try and make plans with a friend or loved one and hold yourself accountable. Show up. Your loved ones can provide you with support to get through the situation and can also be a nice distraction from hardship. Additionally, if you feel like you need professional help, a mental health therapist can help. A therapist can help you to understand why you feel hopeless and find a way to accept, adapt, or if possible, change the situation. Number two, reframe negative, unhelpful thoughts. It's natural to have negative thoughts, especially during times of distress. When you're trying to find hope, it's important to challenge some of those negative thoughts so they don't take over and consume you. Your brain may try to tell you that things will never get better, there's no use in trying, or that the world is unfair. However, just because you think these thoughts doesn't mean they're completely accurate. Here are some questions you can ask yourself when you're experiencing negative thoughts that may be distorted 
inaccurate, or just plain wrong? Is there real evidence that supports this thought? What would I tell a friend if they had the same thought? Will this matter one day from now? What about one week, one month, or one year? How have I dealt with similar situations in the past? Is this within my control? That's such a great one. Number three, focus on what is within your control. When you feel hopeless, it may seem like everything is out of your control and you can't change the situation. Part of finding hope is having some sense of control. The belief that you can have an impact on the situation and take steps towards positive change. Of course, there will be some circumstances that are completely beyond your control. And in those cases, acceptance and resilience are key. Instead of focusing on trying to change impossible circumstances, focus on taking actions that alleviate some of the unpleasant emotions related to the situation. For example, perhaps you're experiencing the loss of a loved one. Of course, something like this is out of your control. You can take back some control by focusing on your self-care or supporting your loved ones. This can make you feel less hopeless, even though the situation itself hasn't changed. You don't need to completely resolve every difficult or unfortunate situation you experience. Focusing on the influence that you do have and the positive impact that you can have on yourself and others around you can help you to find hope and to move forward. Number four, practice mindfulness. When you're having trouble finding hope, you may ruminate about past situations or worry about the future. When our thoughts are constantly stuck in the past or worrying about the future, it may make us feel more hopeless, anxious, and depressed. Practice mindfulness. This brings us back to the present moment. It involves focusing your attention on the here and now. Research shows mindfulness practice can help people with stress reduction and finding hope. When you get the hang of mindfulness practice, you're able to take a step back from unhelpful, automatic, negative thoughts. This helps to cultivate more constructive and hopeful thoughts. Finding hope during difficult times can be tough, but not impossible. Life will always throw you unexpected curveballs. What matters is that you're able to find the strength, courage, and resilience to view the situation as a bump in the road rather than a complete roadblock. Have you ever felt hopeless but were able to find hope again? What was your strategy to find hope in your situation? Focus on the things you can control. I just love that. For me, that's my attitude, my power, my drive, my focus, my giving spirit, my positivity, my joy, and my hope. The next time something doesn't go as planned, draw on hope and declare it. It will be all right. I trust for the best in this situation. And chances are, 
It'll turn out as you intended. Hope will get you through anything, but first, you must create the circumstances for it to flourish before it sets your world all right. Charlie Fur gives us some wonderful inspiration. Don't quit, don't stop, and never give up. Think about a balloon filled with helium. There's absolutely no limits for a balloon filled with helium unless it were tied to something. If the balloon is tied to something, then it's impossible for it to reach the sky. It is impossible for it to reach its highest possible level. That's the only limitation a balloon has. The same thing can be compared to you and your life. You are limitless, just like the balloon. Your limitation is not visible. You're not tied down like the balloon. The only thing that ever stops you from reaching the sky is yourself. If you limit yourself, if you settle for less than your work, if you listen to others and downgrade your expectations to fit into this world, then you will never reach the heights you know you deserve. You were not born with limitations. You develop them through your life experience, but you can decide now to develop new beliefs, a belief that you can have whatever you want in life. If you are prepared to work for it, that you can have whatever you want in life. If you are prepared to learn what is required to have it, Imagine what you could achieve if you believe you were limitless. Imagine what you could do if you just ignored that voice in your head that tells you that you can't do it. I don't see failure as the end, and I refuse to let setbacks or mistakes stop me from reaching my goals in life. I am responsible for my dreams. I am responsible for my results because I am the only one who can stop me from turning my dreams into a reality. I have the power to make my dream happen. I have the choice to decide if I will work hard for it or just settle. I have the choice to see how far I can go in life. Those who succeed don't believe in limits. They study until they understand. They don't give up when they experience doubt. They don't give up when it's hard. They do not give up full stop. They keep working hard even if they've been rejected. They keep at it. They keep searching for new opportunities. That's exactly how you have to be. Life is hard and you'll never get far if you limit yourself in anything you do. I have the power to make my dream happen. I have a choice to decide if I will work hard for it or just settle. This is your life. Live it to your fullest potential. You can't change your past, but you do have the power to change your future. We have been talking about hope and the fact that you're in charge of hope. Isn't that a wonderful resource that we all have within us that we can cling to, we can activate, we don't have to succumb to this feeling of hopelessness. There are things that you can do to pick yourself up. For me, it's encouraging other people. I may not be able to fix everything that's going on in the world if we see it on the news or in social media or we feel it in our own families, in our own lives. I can't save everyone, but what I can do 
is I can make a difference in the people that I meet. And that's with my own attitude and the way that I approach them, what I say, just sharing my light with other people. You can do the same thing. Tony Fakhri leaves us with why the power of hope overcomes all obstacles. J.R.R. Tolkien says, There is some good in this world, and it's worth fighting for. Life is full of twists and turns. It's easy to become despondent. Obstacles and adversities show up unexpectedly, and we find ourselves out of our comfort zone. People say life is unfair. I presume they're referring to life being unfavorable when things don't go as planned. Surely we're intelligent enough to know that we don't always get what we want. Sorry to rain on your parade. Regardless, one thing that's helped me remain optimistic is that not everything will go as planned, and that's okay. In fact, not getting what I want is often a good thing, since there's often something greater on the horizon to fill its place. How many times did you look at hindsight and think, whew, I dodged one there? We must accept life will be full of obstacles, roadblocks, negative emotions, and circumstances that will derail our best laid plans. Knowing this should remove the burden. Life is not pure sailing, but an adventure full of valleys and victories. If you fear what could go wrong next, you place an unnecessary burden on your shoulders while dreading the worst. If you adopt a hopeful and optimistic heart, you can breathe easier and expect a more pleasant future. Marion Zimmer Bradley said, The road that is built in hope is more pleasant to the traveler than the road built in despair, even though they both lead to the same destination. Hope is more valuable than we give it credit for. It's a soft, burning flame, unable to be extinguished and capable of enduring any condition. Hope has what it takes to get you through anything. Dr. Alex Lickerman said, People usually consider hope among the most wondrous of gifts. It keeps us going when we want to quit and makes possible victories that seem unattainable. Hope is the belief things will work, especially when it seems otherwise. It helps you stay calm and peaceful when something less than desirable emerges. Hope believes you will get through it. Hope remembers the time you made it through. Hope teems with faith and believes the impossible. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Only in the darkness can you see the stars. When times are tough, our emotions are intensified and not symbolic of who we are. When the boss tells you the company is downsizing and your position is terminated, when your son gets expelled from school, your partner decides they don't know if they want to spend the rest of their life with you, the doctor gives you an adverse health report, or your dog goes missing, then your emotions are on for a roller coaster ride. But with hope, your thoughts gravitate towards optimism. We can't expect life to be smooth sailing all the time. Unexpected conditions arise, not to overwhelm us, but to test our inner resolve and awaken us to our true power. 
our emotional response in such times is not indicative of our true self. That's because we respond to our external environment instead of staying composed. Hope is important because it can make the present moment less difficult to bear. If we believe that tomorrow will be better, we can bear a hardship today. Sometimes when a situation is bleak, you're invited to master a lesson greater than you expect. This is when hope will get through. If you lose your job, there might be a series of experiences during your transition of looking for another job. You may realize you loathed your previous job and are now more determined than ever to find a career path that makes you happy. Maybe you want to start your own business instead of working for someone else. Consider this something to learn from instead of dwelling on the unfortunate setbacks. Assuredly, there's a lesson and inner growth contained within your circumstances, even if you can't see it yet. I appreciate the advice from author Jane Frazier in The Freedom of Being at Ease with What It Is. The reality is that in the interval between the start of hope and when the outcome occurs, you don't know what's going to happen. The ego mind dislikes not knowing. Feeling hope is a way of avoiding the discomfort of uncertainty. Pablo Neruda said, you can cut all the flowers, but you cannot keep spring from coming. During hard times, do your best to envision a positive future. In fact, what you dwell upon is what you will likely get. Call it empowering beliefs, though what you hold in your mind is what you'll receive. We are the product of our emotions given we feel our way through life. If your emotions are fixed on negative aspects, you're likely to attract those situations because of your predominant reactions. The universe reflects what you put out into the ether. An example, if I entertain negative thoughts related to not having enough money to pay my bills, I'll see evidence of this echoed in reality. I might notice a TV commercial discussing debt prevention or perhaps someone mentions their financial difficulties. If I'm aware, I recognize the signs that my thoughts are out of alignment. If I persist with those thoughts, it's likely to materialize because I've willed it into existence, whether I like it or not. Scientists have repeatedly demonstrated that changing our perspective and focusing on aspects of the situation that are in our control can have a hugely beneficial impact on our hope, motivation, and self-esteem. How do you see your future developing? Close your eyes for a moment and visualize an optimistic path. Go on. Where are you going? It requires work and discipline to create an intentional future and it can't be achieved overnight. This is because you're likely to slip into your old ways if you're not mindful of your thoughts. There is a crack in everything, but that's how the light gets in. The world is full of people who have overcome incredible hurdles and failures to become successful and happy. They're unattached to outcomes because they appreciate not everything goes as planned. 
When one door closes, another one opens. Allow life to weave her mysterious ways by detaching from outcomes. What appears detrimental at first may simply be laying the groundwork for something greater later on. Commit to a life of optimism, irrespective of the circumstances, and raise the beacon of hope when times are tough. You can become confident through your willingness to see life from a different vantage point. If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone on this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, turn away from the chaos and seek a radical change in your thinking. Realize that hope is within your grasp and choose to believe in what you can't see. Hopelessness is not a destiny, but a call to action. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. Someone through until the path was clear. That's when I found you. How I wound up here.